Hello, and thank you for joining us on Building Greatness the Warrior Way, a Westcliff University Athletics podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermet, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. I'm not sure if you're aware that uh, something significant, at least I think it's significant, and it got a little bit of press. It should be something hopefully that gets sustained. But uh, this past week, um, there were over 500 athletes um, and 26 of them Olympians, 73 are professional. Uh, others are in club, others are in college, but over 500 athletes of both genders signed um, a, a letter to send to our Supreme Court, urging the Supreme Court for the protection of abortion rights. Now, I know this is a very uh, touchy subject, obviously. There's, you know, it's kind of a, a black or white issue. You, you're on one side or you're on the other. And I do have a question for you after I set all this up, because some of the names that are that are signing this are, are very prominent. Of course, those that are out front, Megan Rapino, Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, among others. Um, and, it, you know, there are no three women who are big advocates for women's rights, more so than those three, I think, anywhere in the world. You know, if, you, if I think of women's rights, especially where sports are concerned, the first thing that comes to mind is Megan Rapino. It just, it just is that way. Uh, she doesn't back down from anybody. But you know, this, who knows what's going to happen. They've got, evidently, the Supreme Court is going to be um, not necessarily ruling on this by next summer, but they've, they're going to open up discussions, I believe, somewhere around the 1st of December. Now, Sean, my question to you is, you know, women's rights have been on the table for a long time. And yeah. we're making strides. And, you know, you can go back to people like Billie Jean King, who was, you know, one of the icons where that's concerned. Uh, and, and if we stay in tennis, Martina Navratilova, you know, there, there are plenty of them and I don't want to overlook anybody in particular. There are some that are just getting more exposure than others. I mean, um, the Williams sisters would, would probably take yeah. that mantle from Billy G. King. <clears throat> yeah. In, in tennis. Absolutely. They turned the tennis world upside down. Um, and for a variety of reasons, you know, not, not the least of which is their skin color because we hardly had any of that until the Williams sisters, but what, not just what they do on the court, but what they do off of it as well. And their fashion icons and celebrities, you know, they, they, they've brought a great deal of attention, but why do you think this is all coming up now? I mean, is, is there a reason that this is moving to the forefront and is so prominent and we have to, of course, keep it in the news. It's not something that should just fade to back. And I don't want to say black, but fade to back, meaning going to the back of the line after a week of publicity. Mm -hmm. How is this, you know, how, first of all, how is this happening now? Why didn't it happen 10, 20 years ago or 10 or 20 years from now? And how do we sustain it so that it's not glossed over or forgotten? So, you know, first point is, you know, this is something that's well overdue, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have acknowledged that I have acknowledged that I've been on record of saying, you know, of stating that women are the most discriminated human beings on the on the planet in so many different variety of reasons. Um, and we can go into that. I think now, uh, the reason why is now we're able to get momentum is because, you know, we have a younger generation that has no tolerance for this. 
So I want to say that we're evolving, which we should, right? We should evolve. So that means that we should learn from our mistakes and we should evolve. And I think we're in the process of this evolving. And I think some of the women that you have spoke upon that are highlighting this, you know, I think society reasons, they're able to have a little more push, you know, in this space. But there's been plenty of women uh, that have been minorities of all you know, races have been fighting this good fight, even back from when Susan B. Anthony was fighting it. So, I mean, I think they're able to operate in the space and it gives a little more visibility because um, they are a, a little bit more um, acceptable, um, you know, acceptable transition. Uh, with this new generation as being the face. But I will tell you the women behind the scenes um, who may get, you know, stereotyped against or maybe a little more resistance because of their race, color, and creed and because they are gay, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, may get a little more backlash. So I think the people who are trying to carry the mantle uh, up front are doing a great job, but I think they're doing a great job also of acknowledging those who actually have been in the trenches who don't get a chance to, you know, hide behind any uh, political banners or, you know, one, one thing I tell you, like, I, I can never, you know, me being an African-American black man, I can never walk out the door and not be black, you know? <laughs> okay. <well. laughs> right? so, yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. You know what I mean? So, you know, so sometimes, you know, it, it don't matter how we get it done. We just need to get it done. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm in strong support of. And, and, and here's here's a crazy kicker. I'm going to put my business out there. Hmm. I'm actually pro-life. But I'm but I'm a Christian, but I believe in free will. And I believe that God gives us the free will to choose. So I think that we should never take that choice away because God gives us free will. So I have no problems with women making decisions based off of their free will about their body, period. I don't think that's a man's place to do that. I think that every individual should have free will to do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't wanna strip their free will away. And that was one reason why, you know, I sacrificed, you know, part of my life to serve in the military and to uphold freedom, you know, being in the Marine Corps. I wanted people to be able to live in this country that we call America and that we so proudly want to be a part, you know, be a part of that you still have your free will to do whatever you want to do. So I don't want people's free will to be eliminated. So although, you know, I would choose pro-life, I don't, shame or, or 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 try to um you know be negative towards people who feel differently than me hmm. so i want them to have a choice to do whatever they want to do okay and um, oh, go ahead that's how i feel no you know that's just how i feel about it so I, i'm in 100 percent um you know in support of women and their rights and their rights to choose Mm-hmm. And that's for everybody's right to choose, even those who choose to not be vaccinated. Right. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, 
I, I'm not pro-vaccination, but I do believe it's vaccination is there for a reason. And But I think you should have free will to do what you want to do in this country. And that's mm-hmm. what makes us so great. But I think it's consequences. I think it may be some restrictions, right? But still, you can choose to put those restrictions on yourself or not. Like, it's restrictions to not drink that you can't drink until you're 21. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do that before you're 21, you know, there's some consequences and restrictions. So if you decide to not be vaccinated, then it might be some restriction for you. You might can't go everywhere, right? Because they require certain um, standards for you to, to, to take care of business. But I think, you know, as an American, you should be able to have the free will to choose what you want to do. And then, you know, taking on the chin, whatever those consequences are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've, we've discussed before your juxtaposition fighting for people to have the right to do what they want to do, even if it doesn't agree with your position or point of view. So as you say, you're, you might be pro-life, but you fought for people to have the option. So, yeah. Now, how much of this do we put on the media? I mean, the media, we tell our story. And when I say we, sports figures, anybody, you know, whenever a political figure talks, the media is there. So a a lot of the responsibility is up to the media. And so, you know, if if they're going to report it, and most of the time they do, they don't have to put stories on on their platforms, um, whether it's print or television, uh, magazine, whatever it is, internet, you know, so it's kind of up to them. They control the narrative, even though the narrative is coming from what we can use Megan Rapino, Sue Bird, uh, Diana Taurasi, others, they can say what they want to say, but the media doesn't have to put it up there. They don't have to cover it at all. So we rely, we're fairly dependent on the media for information like this among, I mean, I didn't have a lot of information on this story. I had to look it up because I saw it crawl across the bottom line on ESPN. I went, wait a minute, what? Otherwise, I never would have probably wouldn't have seen it. So that's why I say we have to keep it going. You know, we don't want to just gloss over it and let it go to the back of the line in a week. And then they're fighting the good fight without any without any coverage. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of it's it's kind of tough, too. Yeah, it's, it's really tough because, you know, most of us don't represent only ourselves. We, we represent different entities. And, you know, I want to share with the listeners, like me being pro-life and still um, wanting women to have free will to do whatever they want to, because I personally believe that God gives us free will. Right. And, uh, you know, and I'm a Christian, you know, that might not sit well with, with many people. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I just want to say this is my own opinions, you know, Sure. This doesn't represent Westcliff University, but however, um, you know, I know that I have enough balance in myself that I necessarily don't have to, you know, agree with something and still be able to support other people because I have enough empathy, right, um, to understand how others may feel about that. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that, you know, you know, with us, you know, some people who may work for a certain you know entity like say for instance if we had the petition and i filed the petition you know i will have to get approval from the university right sure to support that and the university may say hey we don't want to get involved in that from an athletic standpoint Mm -hmm. even though it has affected our athletes and we always see athletes at the forefront of change right and 
some people in the media would want us to shut up and dribble. We heard that already, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so they don't want us to have a stance. They just want us to be puppets for their amusement in sports. But because you're an athlete, because athlete equal people or athletes equal a human being, athlete, you know, equal a citizen in so many other things, right? The, the sport and the profession is just one part of what we do, you know, and but some people want us to stay in that arena because uh, this is the way that they escape from some of the realities of the world, right? So athletes have always been pushed in a, a, a really uh, rock in a hard place in some of these issues because they are still citizens, their people, their mothers, their brothers, their cousins, their moms, right? Their sisters, uh, so on and so forth, right? And society want us to not even blink when things of this nature come up, but, but still we rise, you know, as uh, Maya Angelou will say, we, we still rise up to the occasion and stand together in solidarity to help everyone. The less fortunate, you know, we, we, we balance out the power, so to speak. So I always feel like athletes have a superpower and we won't be silenced, you know, in, in certain situations. And, I am 100% in support of those women who are trying to make sure it's legislation to protect their free will. So I'm always going to be an advocate for anyone to have free will, even if it contradicts what, you know, I believe in personally. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, we, we on this podcast shine a light on injustice as much as we can. Um, and in, in a variety of ways, not just this. And, and of course, this may be an injustice. It depends on your point of view, of course. Uh, you and I are, tend to side on the same side of the fence, I guess you might say. We, we agree on a lot of things. There's a few things we don't agree on, but for the most part, we agree on a lot of things. Um, and, we, and we respectfully disagree, but yeah, we carry that's on. True. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and the respect doesn't leave. And I think for me, in my generation, I've seen a shift in and that like where they believe that you can't disagree and still have uh, respect and empathy and solidarity with, with one another. Mm-hmm. Like we can disagree without um, that don't mean we don't speak anymore. That don't mean we don't support each other on different issues. That don't mean that you're being a, a bad teammate because you're disagreeing or, or a bad neighbor or a bad citizen. Like mm-hmm. this is what makes us great. You know, we, we can have our own opinions and act them out in America. So this makes us great. But, you know, if it's something that we vote upon and the majority of the country say, hey, this is the way that we're going, whether we like it or not, we have to come together as one and staying united. Mm. And I think that's what makes us different from every other country. But lately, mm. we've been seeing a generational shift where that's not the case, right? Right. And it's just been some stinking thinking and some ugly things going on to where we can't, you know, function. And that should never be the case. I mean, you know, since we on this, you know, polit- political uh, paradigm, I mean, just, you know, recently, last, you know, few few weeks, um, you know, from this podcast being dropped, you know, we had a recall election. Right. Right. In California, that would have swung the votes in a whole different way and maybe 
the way that we deal with COVID and the way that sports are being played, um, you know, in California has changed now since the legislation said what as of September 20th, if you have over a thousand spectators, then you have to have a vaccination card or been actually uh, negative 72 hours, right? right? Before attending the event. So, I mean, if we had a, a different recall, maybe that have been different. Maybe we've been no vaccination cards. Maybe it would be something totally different, but the people of California has spoken, right? And they decided to keep our governor in place. So at this point, you know, once a rule has been made, we got to come together and support each other. We can't be at odds because then that's when you are a bad neighbor. That's when you are a bad teammate. That's where you are a bad citizen. And I think sometimes we don't want to go the correct route into getting change. And then things happen that we can't come back from and, and things spill out in the street. And sometimes uh, in the event of those things happening, someone loses their life for no reason. Mm. So I think if you're not happy with what these young ladies are doing and or what people are saying, go about it the right way. Nobody yeah. should have to die because we disagree. So that's what, one thing I want to state. Well, because you know, we see it happen so far often. We're seeing it happening, Cheryl. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you make a good point. One that should not be overlooked about, you know, you may have a difference of opinion and you may be staunch, digging your heels in and you and I cannot be more polar opposite. But, you know, you're entitled to your point of view, to your opinion. And in order for this to work, we're going to have to respect that opinion. But too much lately, it's been my way or the highway. You don't like yeah. it. I'm going to yell at you and we're going to have a fight. Yeah. So, you know, just keep fighting the good fight and, and do it the right way rather than say, hey, you know what? Uh, we need to eliminate the other side <laughs> so we can only yeah. so get one right? point of view. Yeah. Which is not what the country is, is built on. So, you know, you, you mentioned about the recall. And I remember doing a paper on uh, politics and sports when I was in college. Um and as I was doing my research, I discovered that there's a lot more politics and sports than I realized. Now, I'm going back 30, 35 years. So in the last three decades, it's gotten, I don't know if it's gotten worse or not, but this brings us back to the original point about the 500 athletes that have signed a letter uh, in order to take it to the Supreme Court. So Should be more. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we there. Hopefully there's more. And there's another one I'm going to talk about here in just a little bit. But but the point is, is that sports, is it true that in order for sports to move forward, there's got to be a political side to it? Because, you know, if you're an athlete, you don't get to change or make the rules. You have to go to people who can do that, which is like what Megan Rapinoe has done in her group and all these athletes that have signed. Then they take it to the Supreme Court because ultimately it's the Supreme Court's decision. Now, I know, you know, we sort of, as a voter, have the power to put a political person in office, and then they appoint people. This is how the Supreme Court works. And then they have to get confirmed through the Senate. So, you know, ultimately, we can start it, but we don't get to finish it necessarily without the power of politics. Do you see the point I'm making? No, I, I absolutely do. And, you know, maybe i double down a little bit further. And, and you know, one could say, depending on what lenses you're looking at in your scope and your perspective, that maybe some of our elected officials are letting us down. You know, maybe this is, we athletes wouldn't have to stand up and say anything if our politicians were mm. willing to cross or tap dance on 
that proverbial line that may or may not get them elected. So, I mean, now it's kind of hard for me to even have confidence. And I'm speaking from a personal standpoint mm-hmm. for me to have confidence um, completely or complete confidence in our our uh, democratic process when it comes to uh, voting, because so many voting um, laws have been either eradicated or or misused use or mishandle i don't know what great word you want to use yeah oh yeah to to say but but you know it's been shaky you know nonetheless right Mm -hmm. and our highest person in office you know our previous uh commander-in-chief showed a lack of confidence in that system right so now with all the restrictions that we're seeing being applied that wasn't applied before and, and then i think of all the bloodshed of all those minorities and and, and those who wasn't minorities, because look, let me be real clear. I know I always say minorities, but you have to have the majority to support the minority to get change. Mm-hmm. So there were folks who were in the majority who sacrificed, um, you know, being ridiculed in the public, you know, uh, and supported minorities to get these changes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I don't want to miss that group out because that's even more courageous. Um in my eyes that, you know, you're in the majority, but yet you still can have enough empathy and still support the minority, knowing that it may be some changes that would make your life uncomfortable. Not a lot of people would do that, sign up for that, in my opinion. So um, so I want to make sure that I highlight and spotlight those people who were willing to sacrifice those things uh, mm-hmm. to go against the masses, right? And sometimes their own family and, and people of the same um you know, thoughts, you know, who didn't share the same thoughts, but from the same, you know, race or religion, right? They went against um, the people who they may have grown up with and so many other things, right? So, you know, it, it takes a, a village to get it done. But, but Sherm, I, I might want to say, hey, why do, you know, Megan and, and the rest of them have to stand up? when maybe our politicians should be the first one to stand up for this. Yeah, well, that makes too much sense. Yeah, that makes, right. that makes way too much sense. But, um, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, how much politics plays a role in sports. Uh, you know, on a similar path, I guess you might say, uh, and this was about six months ago. And again, this is something that it, it's hard to bring this up. It's hard to anticipate this as a topic for discussion with political figures before uh, an election, because it's not necessarily foremost, but back in March, nearly 550 college athletes demanded the NCAA pull championships from states with anti-trans sports legislation. And we mm-hmm. see it. Yeah, we see it on the pro ranks. It's happened in North Carolina. We know that in Florida and certain places as well. But, you know, that's one of those things when you're having a debate, it doesn't necessarily become foremost on your mind to ask a candidate, hey, what's your position on this? If there's, you know, trans athletes, you know, when you're talking to a a politician, it might not be at the top of the list. So as you mentioned, though, their answer may sway voters, obviously. So, you know, if you're controversial or you've got your base, whatever the case is, it, it could very much sway voters. But, you know, when over 500, nearly 600 college athletes, all college athletes and a few coaches, demand that you pull championships from states doesn't mean that much. I mean, you know, the, some of the states, okay, we lost a NCAA tournament uh, championship game or a, 
or a football playoff game. But in the grand scheme of things, is it that big a deal? I mean, there'll be other games and, and maybe not, then, you know, our state is still going to go on. So again, this is something that happened in March, but again, one of those things that lasted about six days and then it kind of disappeared. So, you know, what, what Megan and, and the rest of the group is doing is, of course, trying to keep this movement going. Um, now, in the same vein, we had Black Lives Matter a year ago. Remember how important that was? What's going on with that now? It's not being reported in the media quite as much, at least I haven't seen it. So it's kind of died down. That grassroots swell has kind of died down at this point. So, you know, it, it, uh, you know I'm not quite sure how to, how to keep it going. Again, some of it's on the media. Some of it's on athletes or prominent figures to keep it going. And, and as you say, we had this recall election that um, wasn't all that close, evidently. And so it, it, it was a lot of money spent right in that yeah. recall election. Right. Yeah. So if you're, yeah. if you're a taxpayer for California, million or something, right. Yeah, if you're, you're a taxpayer for California. You're not quite happy because there's a lot of other things we could have spent that money on. Right. right? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, but people are blinded by their own ambition and they don't necessarily yeah. see that. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I think, um, you know, to your point, you know, I guess if, if I'm surmising what I heard yeah. and please correct me if I'm wrong, you know, is it worth it? Right. Is it, is it worth it? Because, you know, when I think about change, unfortunately in America, it has to cost you something. Right. Mm-hmm. So normally the fastest way to get people's, um, you know, attention is from a monetary discrepancy standpoint. If money stopped coming in, maybe, oh, you know, what's going on? Let me take a look at this. And maybe, you know, the championships is not significant enough of a loss for them, right, to stop anything. Because as you can say, hey, we'll just do a different event, call it something else, and we're not losing money. But if we tend to follow the money, we'll find out where people, you know, um, what, what they truly believe. You know, one of a good friend of mine used to say, hey, you, you uh, open up a man's checkbook, then you see what he cares about. Right. So hmm. and what that was basically saying is, you know, what we invest in, whether it's time or monetary means is normally what we care about. Right. We're, we're pretty hard on that. And and no matter how much we want to say we're not a betting com- uh, country, we are. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, so we wager something right <laughs> in, in, in this and are we willing to 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 wage um, human rights and women's rights versus um, us, you know, from a monetary standpoint of less money? Because we know right now, like, women don't get any sports coverage. Very little. You know, yeah. people, WNBA yeah. and maybe the women's soccer team, and I don't know anything. Not compared to how many women are here, right? True, true. But yeah. then this is what's so funny to me. But every man will tell you that majority, not absolute, but majority, would say they love their mama. <laughs> of course. Right? Oh, man, yeah. I love her. First thing you put on, hey, mama, I love you, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. love their mama. Yeah, you get on TV, right? what do you say? You say, hi, mom. Right. Yeah. But, but you're not willing to protect your mama's rights. Mm. Mm. How much do you really love your mama? Yeah. You know, the follow the money thing, that, that is the, bo- the bottom line is always the bottom line. So, you know, yeah. we haven't we haven't talked so much about the money thing in sports um, in terms of that, you know, and, and I don't I, I probably foresee other big events maybe being canceled or moved because of their political point of view or who their governor happens to be or whatever the latest 
issue is. Um, but again, I, I don't know how much it's going to have an I impact. Mean, you talked about transgender, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm a heterosexual, right? I'm yeah. a heterosexual male, but I'm a heterosexual ally. I, I don't necessarily um, align completely with LBGTQ plus communities, right? but I'm not going to be a roadblock for them because I believe in free will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. You have a free will to do whatever you want to do here. And I'm not going to restrict anyone's free will. And now this doesn't, you know, you're going to have some people that probably be, you know, trying to really um, take my words out of context. I'm not saying we don't follow rules and regulations that's already been established. You know, that's without being said, right? We know we have a code of conduct in America, right? There's a Bill of Rights, there's a Constitution, right? There's yep. a rules, you know, things have been implemented already. You have to follow those things, right? So the free will doesn't trump the rules, regulations, and the laws that's already been in place. But I'm just saying where there's freedom in the framework, I want you to have free will to do whatever you feel like you need to do. And that's mm-hmm. what's so great, where you can... You know, as the young folks like to say, you can take it from the mud, right? You can go from being broke to rich in the United States. And I'm not saying there won't be any hurdles for those things, right? Right. But the biggest thing is when we're seeing that people who are using legislation to hold people back, right? Um, And that can't be happening, Hmm. right? But, and then it's it's up for us, like you said, um, Sherm, I mean, really, you, you you actually expose our news and media outlets. Um, you challenge them to say, hey, you know, give us the integrity we deserve, right? Because we need to depend on them writing the right information without any biases, right? So mm-hmm. we can make an informed, you know, decision based off the information. That's necessarily not the case in every outlet, right? And we know that. And that's the reason why we have prominent bloggers and we have different things, but the onus is not on the media outlets or the newspapers. The onus is always on us to always do our due diligence, right? To gather this information. That's the reason why it's been said many times before me. And this cliche is if you want to find the, the, the truth or the integrity of something, you need to open up a book and read it. Right. And most of us don't want to do that. Right. We don't, You know, most and when I say most of us, I'm not speaking about me. I'm just speaking about a generality of far far as folks, right? Not wanting to take the time to actually read Mm. even articles. Sure, it's clickbait, right? We read the headlines and then we think we know it, or we we summarize the last bit or skim through it, and then we miss the content of what's going on. Or if it's being reported, to your point, it'll come on the the ticker and won't have any um, news break to, to, to highlight what's been going on. So it slips through the cracks, right? Mm-hmm. Like right. the two, two things you said, how can we avoid um, those things from happening? I think we avoid them by doing what we're doing today. Let's talk about them. Let's mm-hmm. at least uh, use our platform and everyone has a platform now with social media, right? And use our platform to see um, if we can uh, spark change by at least uh, keeping it going, right? Passing the baton, um, you know, in this relay race that we call life. Mm-hmm. And I think 
we try to do our due diligence there. Sometimes these topics that we talk about um, are raw, right? Sometimes these topics we talk about, you know, Sherm, you know, I, I say, hey, we may not dive deep into it because we need to educate ourselves a little, little bit and make sure that we're covering the, the, the full story and giving everybody um, the truth from every angle. So, but when you say you, you look for a story and you can't find it, you know, that, that's troubling to me. That's a little more concerning to me because um, this is something that's really, really sensitive topic, but something that should be changed. And we need to find a better way of, of sparking this change. And, and I will tell you, sure, I know 500 people signed the petition or whatever, but I didn't know anything about the two topics you presented until today. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm telling you now that I would, sign, I would sign my name up personally to help support that. So how many people who may be naive or just out of the loop like I was about these two um, topics you brought up today? Right, right. Hmm. And, we, and we're in the sports industry. Yeah, I know. But, you know, the, the topic in particular, the one about uh, reproductive rights, we'll say, um, is, as I said, it's pretty black and white. You're either on one side of the fence or you're on the other. So you're either going to fight for it or you're going to fight against it. Hard to be on the fence on that one. I mean, if you're very pragmatic and you're sitting on the fence and you're saying, yeah, I can understand your point of view. And over here, I can understand your point of view. Yet I can't make up my own mind. And there's going to be a few of those. But for the most part, you know, as I say, you're on one side or you're on the other. And yeah. there's I, there, this, I think, is going to go for a while, um, especially because it's been taken to the Supreme Court. And currently there's a 6-3 uh, split between conservatives and uh, liberals on the court. Um, they're going to start listening to arguments, I believe, the 1st of December. And they decide to rule maybe to change Roe versus Wade in June of next year, according to what I'm seeing here. And maybe not, yeah. that might, yeah, you know, that I mean, might be a fatalistic view, I guess, but uh, it's certainly possible. Those are the dates that I'm seeing. I mean, the fact that, you know, it's on the table is scary to me, right? Yes. Um, because it means that for me and my perception and in my just, you know, personal scope, it feels like we're losing ground. It doesn't feel like we're gaining ground in these areas, right? When we go back to revisit something that's, you know, was in place because it needed to be based off of the circumstances. And I just know I'm not a woman, so um, I can't have complete empathy, but I know that I want to have um, the right to you know, change anything I want to change on my body. I just don't see men being questioned when they want to get a bisectomy. Okay. I don't see, yeah. I don't see them getting questioned about that. And hmm. that's that's really stopping your reproduction. I know you don't carry the baby, but that yeah. means you're not populating the population anymore. And interesting view. Nobody ever thinks of that. What's really going on here? Yeah. You know, yeah. Nobody's standing in line for that, you know, mm-hmm. saying, I mean, I mean, you know, after you have a visectomy, you can't, you know, have a kid yeah. anymore. That right? is Technically. True. Technically, and, yeah, and, you can reverse it. But, you know, that, yeah, that doesn't yeah. happen very often. But nobody's stopping men from making that decision. Yeah. And so, 
I, you know, I understand it gets a little more complex on the women's side of things, but at the end of the day, we're talking about no kid on both sides, right? So what's the deal here? Mm. Yeah, I mean, because it because it could tie into the multiply and be fruitful, right? But once you get a visectomy, you're not multiplying and you ain't being fruitful. No, you're subtractive, I guess, and fruitless. Yeah, yeah. So, so just wondering why okay. nobody stand in line against those things that yeah. a man can't choose. You always, is for as long as I've known you, have tended to bring up a point of view like that. I, that never crossed my mind, the male, the male side of it. But you, you always seem to have your one-liners. You seem to have your point of view. You, you bring up points that nobody else is thinking of. Uh, you know, I could look up a ton of articles, and I guarantee you nothing is going to say anything about uh, a vasectomy for a man. Uh, having a yeah. Similar, yeah, having a similar outcome, I guess you might say. That, that's our version of abortion. Yeah, it's the male exactly. version of abortion. Yeah. It gets no more than that, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It, it, again, you make you make a great point. Um, you know, we could, uh, of course, talk a lot about this. Um, we're bringing it up because it involves sports figures. You know, it doesn't have it does. to involve sports figures, but the sports figures are well known. And like Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, and, and there are plenty of others, as a matter of fact, Olympians, as we say. Um, and uh, well-known people, um, uh, Ashley Johnson. You know, even though, I mean, even though that gives us credibility, Sherm, the the great thing about our podcast is we educate and, and give awareness to different things that affect athletes on every scope. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it wasn't a profound or, or prominent figure who supported this, we were going to talk about it regardless because that's just who we are. Yeah. Oh, of course. But you know, mm-hmm. this is this is how it gets in front of the media when you've got well-known people. And I don't want to leave out Ashley Johnson, who's the first black woman on the U.S. Olympic water polo team and Olympic gold medalist in Tokyo. Um, So when you get famous people behind something or, and it doesn't just have to be this, it could be any issue or any cause. Um, Mental health right now, you know, you've got a ton of athletes, well-known athletes, Michael Phelps, uh, Osaka, uh, Kevin Love. You know, there's there's a lot of athletes that are talking about- Simone Biles. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, but, you know, she's then our, all of a sudden. Best Olympian far as gymnastics and oh, yeah. never yeah. freaking walk the face of this earth, yeah. I believe. Yeah. That's just my opinion, though. No, no, no. Mine as well. But I'll but wait if somebody tell me somebody different. No, it's it's not going to not going to be different. But, you know, if, if these people are not famous or they don't get it in front of the Senate or the president, whoever the president is at the time, it doesn't get much traction. So the fact that it's always famous people, you know, I'm looking at an article and it's got Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird, and it's talking about all of these well-known um, women advocates. But if they're not famous, do they get the same play? And that's where we put it back on the media. So Yeah, it's no doubt about it. You know, even with the mental health, health side of things, it's no doubt in my mind that I suffer from mental health. From It's never been diagnosed, but I know that I have mental health challenges. And luckily, you know, I've been able to, you know, self, you know, medicate. And what I mean by self-medicate is um, not the traditional way that people would think, oh, you know, alcohol, drugs, suppression, those kind of things. Uh, I'm talking about meditation, yep. you know, uh, mental readiness and over-preparing and different things of that nature, you know. And I, and I kind of identify that within myself because I know some of the things that make me low that make me really, really low, that get me depressed. And and most of those things are me feeling like 
I need to be more successful, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. every day, you know, I take myself through what I call mental conditioning to where I get up, I meditate, I think great thoughts. So I start off with positivity. I surround myself with people who are very, very positive. Uh, I try to protect my energy um, in different ways. But if I didn't do all of those things, I wouldn't be ready for game time. And that's what I consider game time to be. And I think it's really, um, it's really, uh, I'm really observant because, you know, I've been a coach and I coached on the sidelines, how every athlete has their own game time preparation, the way they get involved, right? To get ready for competition. And I just think the competition of life is the same way. Whatever you do to be able to compartmentalize your thoughts, to be where, who you need to be to get the maximum um, efficiency and production out of your day to win the day is what you should do. But you shouldn't cast aspersions on other people if they prepare differently. Because if you look at, you know, if you're a coach, if you've ever been a coach, you could have all your guys, and we always like to use this word, locked in. Well, everybody gets locked in differently. Some mm-hmm. people do it through music. Some people want to talk to everybody in the locker room. Some people don't want to talk to no one in the locker room, right? Everybody's game time, um, you know, getting locked in is different. And that's the same thing with life, you know? So whatever you have to do to get locked in um, is what you should do. But you should be honest with yourself and be able to protect that space. And I think all of that ties into mental health and the stuff that you do. Right, right. Um, all of these are important points and we will of course do everything we can to foster this and and continue it through this podcast and other, other avenues as well. And, you know, there, there's something else going on that is being overlooked. Uh, and I just want to point this out as well until the 15th of October, it is still Hispanic heritage month. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of important stuff happening right now. And I just want to bring it to light. Um, Hispanic Heritage Month in particular, and I don't want to gloss over the two things that we've just discussed, um, but I also want to uh, bring this to to light a little bit as well, which originally was Hispanic uh, Heritage Week. It started in 1968 under President Johnson, was expanded by President Reagan in 1988 to cover a 30-day period starting the 15th of September, ending on the 15th of October. So, um, you know, if you- Which is kind of crazy to me, right? Because when I looked it up, yeah. And, you know, because I'm I'm a big, you know, uh, I'm, I'm big on trying to support all of the things that make us diverse and give us inclusion within West Cliff, West Cliff Athletics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, knowing that um, our former president, Ronald Reagan, which was our former governor yeah. of California. So it makes sense because, of course, we know the history of California, how we just ripped it from Mexico. Let's be honest. Yeah. Right. That's kind of how it happened. And then, you know, we kind of just kept every street name, you know, in Spanish in True. certain, you know, parts of, uh, you know, our, Los our Angeles. And, oh yeah. yeah. You know, um, but I thought it was really odd that, cause I'm not a native of California. I'm a native of Maryland. Right. Shout out to 21811. You know, we yeah. always talk about that. The place where you stay ready so you don't have to get ready, you know. But, um, you know, I thought it was ironic that why would they start a a Heritage Month in the middle? In the uh, middle of the month, yeah. In the middle of the month, right? It's just so easy to to forget about it. But I'm thankful 
that we have um, done that. You know, somebody did that for whatever reason or, or enough. But I think that's something that we should uh, be looking at to um, put more of a spotlight on. Because and, and, and no one in should ever have just a month to celebrate their heritage, right? It's something that is going to be carried with you. So although, you know, you know, Hispanic heritage is, is celebrated for 30 days, um, the way that Hispanics carry themselves in this country and every day is really a testament of who they are and the character that they, um, you know, display and their contribution to what is now America, one of the greatest countries in the world, uh, in my opinion, you know, it's, it just shows that America is who she is because of all of the great different diversity and ethnic groups that makes America, America. So, you know, shout out to, to, to those who, who understand and can follow what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it should be pointed out too, that there are somewhere around 200,000, um, serving in our military, um, in the army, the Navy and the Marines that, uh, I'm not sure about the air force, but that are of Hispanic or Latino. I, I don't want to leave out Latino, which is more Latin America, but right. still, still, um, yeah. Hispanic heritage, uh, that are, fighting, yeah, that are fighting for this country. So hey, we love you. Brown yeah, yeah. We, as I say, we do not, we do not discriminate. Um, so I wanted to point that out. Um, now uh, we've talked about uh, a few serious topics, and I said we're going to start with the serious and, and digress into the ridiculous. And so here we go with the ridiculous before we wind things up. This past week, I don't know if you happened to have seen Conor McGregor. Did you <laughs> see? Listen, Con yeah. Oh my gosh. Go ahead and finish, Jerm. I'm so laughing. I can't stop laughing, bro. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this this past week, Connor McGregor threw out the first pitch at a Cubs game. And it was it, it almost took out a cameraman. It was perhaps the second or third worst pitch in the history of first pitches at Major League Baseball games. Um I don't know if you've also seen Curtis 50 Cent Jackson's. Now, there's a, there's a common theme here, and I want to point this out. Um, he threw out the first pitch at a Mets game a couple of years ago, and he almost took out the cameraman on the opposite side. Uh, two of the worst throws I've ever seen in terms of opening throws. The, the single worst throw I may have seen, and I, I digress, might, might have been uh, connected to our university. Now, the thing is about the three. Hey, I object. I okay, you can object all you want. It's going to you know be overruled. Why, you know, you know be overruled. Wait, wait, wait. Conor McGregor, hang on. I have to point out the similarity here. Conor McGregor, 50 Cent, and, and Sean Harris. Do you know what they all have in common? Besides they handsome and beautiful. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Got no. a little cash. Got a little cash in the pocket. What else? They're, they're all left-handed. They are. Yes. You're right. And they probably and those are probably the three. And I'm not going to say in any particular order, but but listen, those three first pitches. Now, you don't necessarily get a chance to redeem yourself. They don't give I, you the ball you, back so you can throw a second don't. one. But that that may happen uh, early in 2022. Hey, with with all fairness, with all yeah. fairness. Right. Because I know I'm completely biased here. Okay? <laughs> OK. All right. But with all fairness, I can at least say that mine was the most straight and at least the catcher was able to pick it up. 
Yeah, it was short. that is true. Yeah, the the other right. two weren't anywhere near the plate. Uh, they all looked like cameramen on either side of the plate, and right. and yeah, it, it could have been dangerous at least. Right. So, I want to say that, and then secondly, I want to say, misery loves company. Okay. okay. All right. Trust me, I'm so happy for those two other gentlemen, right? <laughs> okay. Because it's a saying that goes, "Is nothing worse than Alabama than Mississippi." <laughs> so, and, and those boys are my. My 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 Mississippi's here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. hey, they were so bad, right? That I know that I'm top three, mm. and in this category, I want to be top three and number three. Okay, so mines were straight, theirs wasn't. They almost killed two other human beings. Yeah, they did. They almost injured a couple others. Right? So, yeah, I didn't do that. Okay, okay. and the pitcher, uh, the catcher, excuse me. Didn't even have to leave the box. Right. Didn't have to move. But in all fairness, Mm-mm. theirs theirs had some velocity to it. Yours didn't have hey, a lot of velocity. Now, so it. this is this is what I'm saying here. So my my only rebuttal to that is um that is subjective because nobody was under the gun. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how fast they were moving. Okay. Right. And I will tell you, I'll give you a little insider information. I'm going to tell you right now on record that I, I plan on throwing a change up. <laughs> so off speed pitch, man, is what I was aiming okay. for. I don't know what they were doing. I have a pocket radar. So we're going we're gonna to try to figure out the speed, try to figure out uh, your. Sherm, I'm, disapp- I'm disappointed in you. Okay. Why? Is because that? your, your eagerness to throw me so far under the bus, <laughs> right. Has, Taking you away from the facts that they were more horrible than me, and everyone would be able to see that mm. uh, because they were now. Now credit to McGregor, I think McGregor's suit was a little tight. Yes, and he does wear tight suits. That that yep, is so, he had on a tie, and he looked very nice. So Curtis even Jackson, though I would look right, Curtis Jackson had no. You know, yeah, he, he had was, on he, he had on a Mets. Yeah, he had on slacks yeah. and a Mets yeah. uh, uniform. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even in a situation where I should be using leverage to just resolve myself for being bad, I would still be able to look at this a little, you know, mm-hmm. with, with some honest, you know, thinking and say, hey, maybe McGregor suit was a little bit tight. Yeah, yeah possible. And he couldn't get that full extension. Mm-hmm. OK, now I will tell you, too, I saw at the Houston Astro game, Jalen Green. Okay. Throughout their first pitch, or that you know, a pitch, yeah. and his looked more like mine. Yes, if you go look that up. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, it, short, it, but yeah. he's so much. Good. He's way better looking than me, and he's way better athlete than me. So I felt really good. But when I saw McGregor come across, I was like, "Hey, man, you're off the hook." It, I, hey, well, I'm never off the hook because it's on wax for sure, right? The video, <laughs> like you said. Yeah, yeah, but and that's man, the other thing. Think, if there was no, if there was no video of it, then you would, you know, we wouldn't even be having this conversation, really. But it's not just on video; it was on our corporate video, our, our yeah. athletic video, and playing in our lobby for a very long yeah. time, courtesy yeah. of Brandon Peterson. One yes, of my please. man, he, that's my family. He did me; he put me on the loop. He did me so dirty. I mean, man, mm. oh my gosh! Yeah, but see, this, this is how cool I am, man. I never will try to suppress creative expression. So he put it in there. I had a role with it, right? 
What, so, what's the creative expression there? I mean, we could have not put it in there. And then hey, we well, but, then, but we wouldn't have been factual, right? So now when I go across that plate at about 90 miles per hour, you know, um, you know, oh, <laughs> say, okay, wait, okay, okay, maybe 20 miles per hour. Then I think we'll be, well, I'd be happy to get 15, 15 miles per hour, right? Over the plate, I'll take that. Mm, all right. That'll well. be, and I want to make sure that's on the loop. Okay, that needs to be on the loop. And then I want that loop to be displayed on the big jumbotron on your opening, you know, forever. Sure, Every time sure. You have, you been, have you been warming up? Have you been pitching? Have you been practicing I, at all? I mean, you've I, had plenty I have of time. It'll be, it'll be almost two years by the time it happens. I, I have not. But, you know, I just believe after seeing McGregor, I'm good. Okay. No warm yeah. up involved. There, there are I, others. There are others. Uh, Carly you Ray know Jackson, my worst who threw out a terrible worst? first pitch. You know who the person I think is my worst one that I ever seen, Sherm? To be uh, Carl, Carl Lewis. Well, I was going to bring up the whole national anthem thing. Yeah, Carl Lewis, man, with the national yeah. anthem. Is that not crazy? Yeah, and and Roseanne Barr at the time also at a Padres yeah. game was a total right. embarrassment. You know that, right. and and somebody thought that would be a good idea. And I don't yeah. know to to make fun of our national anthem and our flag. You know, or 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 Fergie and her and her uh, NBA All Star kind of rendition of. Yeah, uh, yeah, game when she did her national anthem kind of. Yeah, um, Carl Lewis was was terrible. That was. Yeah, yeah so I I have to be you know out out of the top five. Okay, now. you're not. <laughs> okay, very good. But but I'm still on that list, so I don't feel good at all. So all right, to yeah, your point. Well, I, I I know. Well, you know what? Over time, I'm sure you'll fall further down the list as uh, more celebrities have a chance. Sure, to Sure, I'm never going to outlive that man. It's going to yeah. be it's and terrible. You know, and you know why? I will not let you outlive it. I'm going to bring it up wherever I can. I will point well, that out all the time. And I know BP is behind me on it. So hey, here's the deal. If I, if I could, if yeah, I'm never going to outlive it. I already know. So <laughs> okay. I already know. That's funny. Um, all right. Uh, I want to I point out a couple of things coming up as well on our schedule uh, this week. After this podcast drops, we will have men's water polo against McKendry. We also have uh, women's volleyball at Pacific Union. That's on Thursday. Uh, on Friday, the 1st of October, uh, we're going to have men's water polo at Laverne. We're going to have it uh, against Fordham, I might add. Also, uh, we've got women's soccer at home against Emory Riddle. Men's soccer, the same. Uh, women's volleyball at Simpson. And then on Saturday, uh, we've got more men's water polo at Washington and Jefferson at Augustana College. And women's volleyball at UC Merced. So at least if you can stream the games or jump on and find a way to watch, or if you're in the area and you want to go to the games, go ahead and uh, put on your blue and gold and come on out and support the Westcliff Warriors. Hey, Sean, as always, I appreciate your point of view. I agree with you a little bit. Mostly, I guess you might have to say. I, I know you, look, Sherm, can I say something to our student athletes who maybe listen You know, hey, look, it's been a lot going on the last couple of years. Um, and we're still in the middle of this pandemic. And really the hardest thing is to continue to run full speed without even knowing uh, where the finish line is and how long you have to run. Mm -hmm. But I want every student athlete at Westcliff University and those who look listening who may be in other universities, I just want to let you know, no matter what, be yourself because everyone else is taking. So be you and, and keep striving for greatness. 
And as always, I would like to thank my guest host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And the gentleman who makes us sound good each and every time we do podcasts, that is Brandon Peterson, our sound engineer. Beep, 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 beep. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcast and please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics and we thank you for your support. And keep an eye out for the next podcast.